Ladies and gentlemen, the song of the year right there, the Top Gun, but is now over 1.1 billion. We talked about it last podcast with Chris, so it's just getting over 900 million about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I think now, but it's now over 1.1 billion. Anyways, welcome to the GNT show. I have been delaying this one for quite a while. I planned on doing it Friday at the start of free agency and nothing really happened but we did get some big news with kevin durant requesting a trade request so what we're going to do is we're going to go solo style today i'm going to cut this up into about a couple different segments five to ten minutes each segment and just going to kind of give my thoughts on a couple different things for recording this in order it is july 4th monday night i leave tomorrow uh, on a cruise and my family forced me forced me in quotes here uh, to go to Alaska despite me hating the cold. But let's get started right now. All right. Here is the first segment of the show today. And I want to start with the Kevin Durant topic. Um, man, this has uh, evolved in the last four days since. He announced, I believe it was June 30th, which was three years to the date that he signed with Brooklyn. He requests for a trade. Uh, It all starts with Kyrie, who had last year his vaccination issues, played a little less than half the games, I believe. Drama, drama, drama. James Harden comes in. He then requests a trade last year. He goes to Philly. Ben Simmons comes in. He then doesn't play. Who knows? What is going on? I know he's had mental health issues and then he had a back issue and then this and that. Who knows when he's going to play again, assuming next year. I think Brooklyn's hoping for next year at this point. But Kevin Durant has decided he does not want to deal with it anymore. He's done with it. So that puts us in this situation where he's requested a trade and his top two teams, guess what? The number one seeds in each, the West and the East, Miami Heat and the Phoenix Suns. Once again, Kevin Durant wants to leave something that he started to go join a team that's already a championship contender. Now, there's a bunch of issues when it comes to trading Kevin Durant right now. He, with the Brooklyn Nets having Ben Simmons, there's a list of players that cannot be on the team with him because of the CBA. And what that is, is if you're on a rookie extension, you can't have two players on rookie extensions on the same team that you traded for. So something weird in the CBA that includes Bam Adebayo, includes Devin Booker, includes Andrew Wiggins, which we'll get into with the Warriors later on in the next segment, but just makes everything super complicated. Doesn't seem like a whole lot of teams have what they need because of what happened with Rita Gobert and that trade to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So layer on layer on layer on layer. And then on top of that, you have Kyrie with his love interest in going to LA to play for the Lakers, which makes everything else even more complicated. Then there's the report that Kyrie and Katie still want to play with each other, but just not in Brooklyn anymore. None of it makes sense at this point. And now what it has done with five days of silence, of five days of really nothing going on, 
Now we're creating rumors that may or may not be true. And the free agency has completely stalled. There are a long list of names still left on the free agency market. Big names, DeAndre Ayton being one of them, who could be included in the sign-in trade with Brooklyn to get Kevin Durant there. But he could mess up everything and go sign an offer sheet to somewhere else because restricted free agent. So he would then have to sign, or Phoenix would then have to decide if they want to re-sign him and match the offer. Where does Kevin Durant go? Who knows? The weird thing is that we've found here is that Vegas has all of a sudden become the breaking news source in a sense. On draft day, Chet and Jabari were ahead of Paolo Manchero, who eventually went number one. All of a sudden, his odds sink all the way down to like 400 to one or something like that. And all of a sudden, he was number one pick. No one had any sources. It was always going to be Jabari or Chet, Paolo. They didn't even work him out or anything. It was kept under the vest. And then all of a sudden, instead of Woj or Shams or Brian Windhorse going and reporting that, all of a sudden, Vegas has their odds dropped. So what does that mean for Kevin Durant? Well, Toronto went from 3,500 to 1, or 35 to 1, I should say, to 4 to 1 or 3, 350 plus 350. So completely changed overnight. And all of a sudden, now they're the second favorites, I believe, behind Phoenix still. Does that mean Toronto is now the front runner to get KD? Well, it doesn't seem like they want to give up Scotty Barnes. See, a lot of these teams that have chances to come up and be successful in getting Kevin Durant doesn't seem to want to pay the price because if you give up all the assets that Brooklyn wants, you're no longer a contender. You don't have all this depth and all that stuff. Funny enough, We'll get into it right now. The Golden State Warriors, who are interested, according to Mark Spears, because who isn't interested, has probably the best trade package to get Kevin Durant back to Golden State. Moody, James Wiseman, Kuminga, Cool, Wiggins could not be involved in the trade as of right now. But with the young draft picks they have, with all of this youth that they've put in for the two different eras that they're trying to intermingle, all of a sudden, Kevin Durant might be back in play to go play with Golden State. Now, this is an official, this kind of just a rumor. No one has said anything. No one has done anything to advance these trade talks. But I do think it's funny that we're all the way back to square one with Kevin Durant who might be coming back to play with Steph, Clay, and Draymond after leaving for three years inexplicably to go play for Kyrie. The fact he trades Kyrie in for Steph, wins one playoff round in three years there. Uh, obviously, the Achilles in year one didn't play, but just incredible how this whole change of events has, has happened now. So where do I think KD goes? I think it's going to be a long time before Kevin Durant gets traded. It's going to create chaos in a very quiet way for NBA free agency. Usually by now, almost everyone's signed. Rosters are starting to fill out. You have one 
spot maybe left on your roster to try to kind of see if there's anything else that's going to fall wave players a trade this or that but kevin durant has stalled everything some people are saying he's just going to stay in brooklyn and this is kind of a power push because of the way they've had turmoil over the last three years since he signed them some think that they're all gone. Kyrie would be gone, and it's just going to turn into a total rebuild mode. Kyrie, the Lakers for Russell Westbrook just doesn't make sense. I, I don't see how that would work out in Brooklyn's favor at all, especially because I don't think the Lakers are going to be able to draft pick. Um, they've been saying that for a long time. They're not willing to give up future draft picks right now. So the revolving door continues of rumors and what's going to happen. I'm not sure what else is going to happen here in the next week. I was hoping that news would drop before I did this segment. Uh, as we're doing late night on July 4th, nothing has been happening. No rumors as to something being close to being done. Nothing. So uh, lots of intriguing options for Kevin Durant. And we'll just have to wait and see. And then we'll get into it later as to how this is affecting the free agent market and who's still left out there. All right, we're back. Just went out and watched some fireworks with family and friends. Why have we not created something else to do more fireworks? Firework shows are the greatest. Anyways, back to what we're here for. We're going to split up the NBA talk with some San Francisco Giants talk. <clears throat> And I say that in a very somber voice because they lost again on July 4th today. And it's awful. Bad defense, bad pitching, can't hit, scored just a few runs today again. I mean, it's just, it's been abysmal. And then Rodon comes out today and says that they're just playing bad baseball and they need something. They need to do something. They need to change something because obviously whatever that they are doing right now <clears throat> is not, not working. So lost 10 of 13, they have continued to play piss poor performance. Jock Peterson has been the one bright spot of this year. Um, and then Kirkus Alley goes down today with what looked like it was an oblique. Um, I don't know for sure. Joey Bart then gets scratched. Now he's going to come back up, and he's been uh, a disappointment. He's just not ready for to play in the major leagues right now. VR came up today. He played well. <clears throat> but, I mean, Longoria isn't hitting. Brandon Belt's been in and out of the lineup this year again, like he is every single year. Um, Brandon Crawford's injured. DiScofani is out for the year now, going in for ankle surgery. Um, it's it's just been <clears throat> miserable. Uh, they swept the Dodgers, and then basically since that point, they have not played very well baseball. Um, they can't even beat the Reds uh, right now. I think they lost two or three to the Reds just last weekend. Uh, just a, or a couple weeks ago at some point. And they also lost the series in Cincinnati this year. So uh, shows just how bad this team has been in the last month or so. They're now just three games over 500. All of this coming after a 107-win season. 
it's hard to say is Buster Posey a, you know, what, 30 win player? You know, if they end up with 87 wins this year or something, um, or 21 player, no. I mean, I know he's very important. He's one of the great Giants ever to put on a Giants jersey and all that sort of stuff. But my goodness, um, no Kevin Gosman this year. He's been good in Toronto. Not, not as good as he was at the beginning of last year. Logan Webb hasn't looked the same. Um, despite how much I like him, I still think he's playing well. He's just not what he was last year. No one on this team is. Wilmer Flores isn't as good. Um, just up and down. Jastrzemski struggling the last couple of weeks. Like I said, the one bright spot right now is Jock Peterson, uh, Palo Alto product. So I'm, I'm happy for him. And, you know, I think he's a great baseball player despite his fantasy football stuff, which we can get into at some point, maybe before the fantasy football season starts. But um, <clears throat> yeah, there's just something not there uh, with this team and they should be buyers at the trade deadline. I know they're in the struggle, but with the expanded playoffs, you can still make the playoffs. They're only a few games out of a wild card spot. So you need to continue to infiltrate this team with some talent, give it some confidence definitely need some pitching help the bullpen has been really bad but the defense has just been awful so for how good this team was last year defensively despite some of the metrics not in their favor this year metrics are bad and it's showing up on the field with air after air after air i mean they can't even field a bunt properly as they let a guy go from first to third and then I think that was Flores throws it away and throws it into left field just like that. They're losing four to two. <clears throat> so definitely some major issues with that. Just want to touch on it. We'll have some more guests on to talk about them as after I get back later in July uh, near the trade deadline, just to kind of see what this team looks like for the next three weeks before the trade deadline uh, passes. And then as we get into August and September, you know, so uh, there's a lot more to to look at with this team. It's only July 4th. There's plenty of time for this team to start getting it rolling. All right. Welcome back after a quick break. Let's now get into the NBA free agency as a whole before we get into the Warriors free agency and what's all going on over there. Um like I mentioned in the first segment with Kevin Durant, it has been slow. There's a bunch of teams that still have not figured out exactly what they're doing. So let's just look at what happened on Sunday, July 3rd. The Phoenix Suns re-signed Bismack Biombo to a contract. Oklahoma City Thunder waived Isaiah Roby. Um, Bunch of rookie contracts from the Nuggets, um, rookie contract from the Pacers, and the Hawks signed AJ Griffin to their his rookie contract. Nothing. I mean, just nothing happened on the third. On the second, looking through here, a bunch of rookie contracts again. Um, not a whole lot. Uh, the Suns did sign Josh Okoge to a contract, um, and the Grizzlies waived Tyrell Terry. Nothing happened. 
All right. Then we move on to the first JTA goes to the Lakers. We'll talk about losing him um, in a little bit, not anything huge. The Lakers also signed Damian Jones, another former warrior who, you know, he's going to be your 12th to 15th man on, on a roster. Um, Chet Holmgren signed his rookie contract. Uh, Damian Lee, uh, we appreciate you. He is gone though. And, I am glad that he has gone to the Phoenix Suns. He went there. And then Thursday, Terion Prince re-signed. Gary Harris went to the Magic. Uh, Thaddeus Young signed a veteran extension to go back to Toronto. Here's the big one, though, or one of the big ones, I should say. The Atlanta Hawks did receive DeJounte Murray from the San Antonio Spurs. So that now means Murray and Trey Young get put together um seems like the spurs are hitting the restart button uh, i think it's also a sell high i think they saw what murray did last year they saw the numbers he put up and that he's not going to replicate i think that's kind of some of the mindset that they're thinking here and then there's that uh guy from france next year i'm not even trying to pronounce but or web web and yanya web and something like that either way um Seems like they're kind of going all in. It seems like there's quite a few teams that are going all in to try and get that number one pick next year, or at least give themselves the best odds next year to go get that guy. Because, you know, go look up some of his highlight tapes. It is uh, quite impressive what he's been able to do. So that's a super big trade. Uh, one of the biggest ones that we've had so far. Um, that's right behind the Rudy Gobert trade, which we will talk about in a minute. Uh, one weird trade was right before the Kevin Durant news came out, the Brooklyn Nets traded for Royce O'Neal for future first-round pick. Super weird considering the Nets traded quite a few first-rounders already to Houston, then they gave up another first-rounder just for their star player to ask for a trade. So super interesting move there. We'll see exactly what happens there. Then there's John Wall. So John Wall finally gets his buyout from Houston. He's barely played any games in the last four years, barely played for Houston at all, but he gets bought out and then he goes to the LA Clippers. So interesting spot considering they have Reggie Jackson already kind of cemented his role. And the only thing this team was really missing was Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, which is two pretty big pieces. So adding John Wall, considering he hasn't played all that much, not really sure if he fits the style um, that this team is going to play. So uh, I know that there's some people that say that that's a great signing, all that. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that I even know who John Wall is as an NBA player anymore. Uh, so it'd be very interesting to see exactly what happens with that. Another big trade was Christian Wood going to Dallas. Um, so they needed some more rim protection. I think that was obvious in the Western Conference Finals against the Golden State Warriors. Excuse me. They just need size. Christian Wood is someone that can fit perfectly, I think, with Luka Doncic. He can shoot a little bit. He's a good offensive player, but he can also get stay there in the paint and defend the paint. He's not the greatest at anything, but he's good at everything. You know, So he's the jack-of-all-trades, but the master of none, in my opinion. But I think that's a good pickup for them. I think it's good for Houston to kind of get him away, bring in some of these younger players, 
and really kind of let these younger players shine. I don't think he fit really what the Rockets were trying to go for. Uh, the Rockets received Trey Burke. They received Boban Marjanovic and Marquise Chris, uh, all for the Mavericks. I think they also got a pick somewhere in there at some point. Um, moving on, the 76ers received DeAnthony Melton from Memphis Grizzlies. That kind of cleared up a... Um, their backup role point guard behind John Morant. Memphis did receive Danny Green. We'll see if he stays there or if that's a buyout situation at this point. Um, then we get into the big one of Rudy Gobert. <clears throat> Minnesota at this point is going to look either like an absolute smartest move, smartest GM ever, smartest front office, or they're going to continue to look like the Minnesota Timberwolves, and this was one of the dumbest trades ever. I mean, the amount of stuff that they gave up, I believe it ended up being four first and maybe a pick swap, so possibly five different picks going to Utah. And then at the end of Gobert's contract, he's going to make $47 million in that final year of his contract, including they also gave Carl Anthony Towns, who I'm not even sure deserves the max at this point because he has not proven that he is a playoff winner. And if you're going to make this move with two different players, you're expecting to make a run into the playoffs. Anthony Edwards already looks like a fantastic prospect and is going to look like a top 10 player in the league at some point. And he's only 21. You look at Jason Tatum, already had some struggles in the playoffs. It took a long time for him to get over the hump, and he's still not there as he didn't perform in the playoffs, like or in the finals, I should say, like he wanted to. Anthony Edwards probably has six years until he finally figures it out to make a playoff run. And by that time, Gobert is useless. I mean, his defensive metrics have already gone down. You look at the playoffs the last every, every year that they go, he's been awful. I mean, just straight awful. So for, for, that, to, for that trade to be happening, Obviously, Utah, from Utah's perspective, they needed to get someone. They need to get Gobert, Gobert or Mitchell out of there. Mitchell is by far the better player, by far the bigger asset. And for Utah to get back all of these prospects and the picks, they got three or four players, including Beverly, including Vanderbilt, who I really liked in Minnesota's system. Um, Utah wins this trade. I mean, it's just incredible how much they got back. So they instantly go into the Wembenyana sweepstakes. So it looks like they're trying to take out rid of Royce O'Neal, as I mentioned, and got that draft pick as well. They are certainly not a contender this upcoming year. They are not looking to contend. They don't have the team. Um, Patrick Beverly might be bought out. There's been rumors of him going to the Warriors. At least been talks of some fans being excited about Beverly possibly being in a Warriors uniform. That buyout has not happened yet. Um, <clears throat> I didn't even see it actually on the NBA uh, contracts, but that trade is official. I have not seen um, that come out yet, though. As I'm looking through their website, that did not come out. So... Uh, I also don't see anything happen today. Uh, maybe they just have not released it, but I didn't see any news today either. It's been very, very quiet today as the league really waits for 
Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets to make a decision. Now, let's move on to the Golden State Warriors. There are some upset fans, um, certainly, about losing Gary Payton Jr. I, when you look at it, and you look at two more million, three more million about what they would have had to match to get GB2 back onto this roster, back onto what really was a championship roster that he was a key part of, doesn't seem it seems like the Warriors were like, eh. But you look at this team's roster and you look at what they're trying to go for and what they're trying to do. Does a 29, 30 year old Gary Payton, no matter how great he was, I love Gary Payton. I hope he does great in Portland. I think he's going to do great in Portland. I think he finally found the way his confidence, he figured out how to play in the NBA. But despite all of that, it would have cost the Warriors somewhere in the $60 million range of cash to keep Gary Payton on this roster. And it just does not make sense for a 15 to 20 minute guy to be getting paid $60 million over the next couple of years. So I'm okay with that. Otto Porter Jr. also leaves. I think he went to the Raptors, if I'm not mistaken. I'm okay with that as well. Otto Porter was great, but at some point, if you're really going to put in all this time for Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, Moody, these wings and the centers, you got to let them start playing. These minutes have to go somewhere, right? So they already have 13 guys on the roster with a bunch of young guys. Kaminga, you got to hope that he's going to make a huge step this year. He's going to take a bigger role. He's going to be that backup three, four guy. And his defense is there. He can create offense. He can drive to the bucket. You hope that he can shoot even better this year. And that's kind of what you're hoping for. I think that's what this front office is hoping for, that these guys can step in, obviously are cheaper than what you would have got for Porter and Gary Payton. But also think about the youth of this team and how good they can be if this youth turns into something great. We haven't even talked about James Wiseman yet and his potential. Obviously, they re-signed Kevon Looney at a super cheap price. I think it's $8.5 million for three years. Three years of Kevon Looney to start or to possibly come in off the bench when James Wiseman finally takes over that position, which I think he will next year. I think it's a steal. It's a steal for what Kevon Looney does for this team. He's still super young despite him looking like a 50-year-old man out there with bad hips and bad knees because of whatever happened when he was in high school. I mean, when he coming out of high school, he was the top prospect. He was the guy. Um, and then he had that weird growth spurt that just messed up his body. He turned into a great center for the Warriors at 6'9", 6'10". So, but if James Wiseman comes in next year, I'm super excited to see what he does in summer league. Um, there's a lot of things that this podcast is really just setting up for. We're looking ahead in the future to see what happens with these young guys. James Wiseman summer league. It's the most important summer that he's had in his career. This is the most important non-competitive games that he's had. He has to go out, play, be healthy. I saw he did five on five contact. 
scrimmage just a couple days ago. So he's on the right track. He's getting there. He's got a full off season now where he's just strictly working on playing basketball. And he hasn't had that coming in. He had the short off season. COVID was still a thing. And then he got COVID during training camp and then he gets hurt. The ACL, MCL injury, surgery out for the whole next off season, no practice. This is the first off season that he gets to finally get something going to finally get some continuity with this team to get practicing to figure out the offense to learn the defense to learn how to be an NBA basketball player finally then they signed Dante DiVincenzo going back to the Gary Payton point this guy fills it perfectly I mean he's not going to be as good of a defender but he's a better shooter than what Gary Payton was you can space the floor easily he's going to be great with that second unit playing with Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole I really love the signing. I think that's great. I mean, will he be a playoff contributor? Depends on how Moody and Kuminga end up playing. DiVincenzo might be the 10th guy on the bench, and during the playoffs, you're usually running eight guys. So I think that's the thing. The top eight guys of this team is great. Nothing's really changed in that part, but it could. We get to the Kevin Durant part. The longer that this Kevin Durant saga continues to go and go and go i think the more of a chance that there's a kevin durant reunion i mean the report came out that steph draymond and clay have had conversations with kd it doesn't seem like it's optimistic that this is going to happen but if this like the report that came out today could extend into october you know in the training camp you might see brooklyn get desperate to be like, okay, we'll take a couple of these. We'll take a Moody and we'll take a couple first round picks. You know, it, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how this goes. I don't think the Warriors are going to give up Kaminga. I think Kaminga's off the table. Poole definitely has to be off the table. And I think Joe Lacob loves James Wiseman so much that I don't know if I would see him in a package. Moody, I can definitely see in a package. And then you have to figure out, can the Wiggins somehow be put into that thing? Um, dare I say Draymond Green, does he get put into a package? Does Brooklyn want to play with that sort of thing with Ben Simmons also on the roster? Um, but, I mean, there's not – I don't care about the picks at this point. They have such a young core that if they're able to keep that core and then just send a bunch of picks back to Brooklyn, there's no reason it doesn't make sense. If you can add Kevin Durant to this team, you are – guaranteeing yourself a chance at a championship for the next four years while Kevin Durant is under contract. So it's, it puts them in a weird situation because there's so much excitement about the, all these young players and Kaminga Moody, Wiseman, um, Patrick Baldwin Jr., Ryan Rollins, Gui Santos, who comes out in summer league and just starts balling out out of nowhere. So it's going to be an interesting offseason i waited as long as possible to put this podcast podcast out and record it because i was waiting for some sort of news to see if the warriors were going to sign someone else to fill up those final two roster spots and they just haven't they haven't done it which is weird at this point fourth of july rosters are getting set it's not nba offseason isn't one that lasts months and months you know nfl offseason you still kind of see some guys 
that can still get signed even at this point. And then you go into training camp and there's always that flurry of cuts. NBA, usually you have one, maybe two cuts going into the season. For, and you have that battle for the 15th spot. But usually that 15th spot doesn't even mean much except for the Warriors with Gary Payton last year. So it's going to be an interesting, interesting situation. Now we're going to go over winners and losers. Uh, that Bleacher Report came out with, just to give the proper credit, Andy Bailey came out with winners and losers from the wild start of 2022 NBA free agency. And this came out on July 4th. He has the winner as the max players. And there's been a ton of them so far. Bradley Bill somehow hasn't made playoffs in a couple of years. Five years, $251 million. Nikola Jokic gets five years, $264 million. Well-deserved, the best center in the league right now. Devin Booker gets his four-year, $214 million. That's his max. Carl Anthony Towns, we talked about that. Four years, $224 million. John Morant, don't break the code with him, but five years, $231 million. Zach Levine, five years, $215.2 million. Zion, there was some questions earlier this year about the midway point if Zion was wanting to stay in New Orleans. Um, seems like it was all overblown. He gets five years, $193 million. Darius Garland, also five years, one ninety three. I think those 193s can also turn into the 231 uh, with the – uh, clauses in it if he plays a certain amount of games, if they meet whatever requirements that is put into that contract. In this article, they have the Warriors as a loser. I don't necessarily agree with that. I see them as they haven't got better this offseason, but they haven't got worse. As long as they saw Steph Clay, Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, I mean, that's that's your top five. They didn't lose any of them at this point. They're all still there. So I'm not going to call them a loser. However, the Boston Celtics are a winner. Malcolm Brogdon for one first-round pick, and they didn't give anyone else away to get Malcolm Brogdon. Now, will he stay on the court? Is he going to be healthy enough? Will he continue to play? I don't know. But if he is who he was when he was with Milwaukee, when he played well in Indiana, it's a great pickup. They also get Gallinari after Gallinari was uh, traded from Atlanta, dropped by San Antonio, now signs with Boston. He can still shoot the ball, doesn't move around a whole lot, but that's a great end-of-the-bench guy that can score for them going into the playoffs. They were really short. They played six, seven guys, and really they had five guys that could stay on the court, maybe six guys that could stay on the court in that NBA Finals. So they definitely needed some. Now we go to four out of 10 on this list. And that is the Dallas Mavericks. I just don't agree with this. They say that they are losers because they lost Jalen Brunson. No offense. I think Jalen Brunson's a product of Luka Doncic. Luka made him so great because he had put so much attention on Luka. Does Jalen Brunson deserve the $104 million he got? Yeah, I guess so. I think he'll be good in New York, who is the winner on the next slide here. But, I mean, they got Christian Wood. I like the Christian Wood one. JaVale McGee seems like he's going to start. He expects to start at least. I like him. He's going to give you 20 minutes, and he's still pretty dang good. 
Dinwiddie's still there. They haven't lost a lot. Um, I know that Luka wanted Goran Dragic, but I think there's something else in play there. There's some tweets that Mark Cuban liked um, saying how bad of an owner was, and that usually kind of like I got something in the works. Like there's a reason this didn't happen. Dragic is old. He was like 50 years old at this point. I know Luka likes him, but they're not going to miss him. They also have Tim Hardaway Jr., who should come back this next year. I still like him. I think the Mavericks are still in the same spot, um, but winners to be able to add Javale McGee and Christian Wood. Then you go to the Knicks. He has them as a winner because they were able to get Jalen Brunson. They re-signed Mitchell Robinson, who I really like, um, and they also got Isaiah Hardenstein basically as their backup. Hardenstein's good. I haven't seen him play a whole lot, so but he's got good numbers for 75 possessions, 17 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 2.3 blocks, 1.5 steals. I like what they're doing. Jalen Brunson is not the prototypical Knicks star that they've been coveting forever. They wanted LeBron. They wanted Kevin Durant. They got Carmelo. But I think Jalen Brunson will fit this team with R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, I think he will kind of meld this team. He got the playoff experience that the Knicks just weren't able to get past um, when they lost to the Atlanta Hawks a couple years ago. Last year, they were abysmal. They just couldn't get things going. They signed Kevin Walker, which was just awful. Um, I'm assuming they're going to get rid of Fournier uh, at some point in this offseason as well. But like I said earlier, and like everyone's been saying right now, everything's kind of in a standstill until figure out what's going on with Kevin Durant. Then they have winner and loser in the Denver Nuggets. The winner reason is because they re-signed Nikola Jokic, which I don't think was ever in doubt. They're a loser because of signing DeAndre Jordan. I mean, I, sure, whatever. I don't think they gave him a whole lot of money. Um, they probably could have got someone different, but backing up Jokic, he's not going to get all that many minutes. So I'm going to ignore that part. They got Bruce Brown for two years, $13 million. He's a good wing. I think they needed wings. Um, they're really just looking to get healthy. If they get Murray and Michael Porter back, then none of this really matters. Moving on, winter Clippers, we already talked about this a little bit. Um, they are a winner because they re-signed, or they not re-signed, but they signed John Wall. Um, I don't think they're a winner because of this. I think it's undetermined. Uh, once again, they're just hoping to get healthy. If they get Kawhi and Paul George back, then they're instant contenders. Um, if they return to their form that they can be all-star level. Uh, we already talked about the Utah Jazz a little bit. They are a winner and loser here. I think I like what they're doing. Um, Gobert was under contract until 25-26 with a $46.7 million player option. Um, I don't think Gobert will be as good as he is now at 34 years old when he's getting paid almost $50 million. Not worth it at all. Great job by Utah to get off of it. They need to keep Donovan Mitchell as happy as possible um, because he's their franchise at this point. So are they a playoff team next year? No, but I think this could be a quick rebuild with all the assets that they got back. They have the winners and Timberwolves. I still think that's in question. I don't know. Uh, they don't want D'Lo. I think that's pretty well known, 
that they would love to get rid of D'Angelo Russell if they could. Uh, will they? There's some Kyrie rumors. Once again, this whole NBA world revolves around Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Everything is at a standstill until those two figure out what they want and what is going to happen. If it's the Suns, Warriors, Heat, whoever is in the sweepstakes at this point, no one even really knows. So um, the Timberwolves lost a lot in that trade. They have no real draft asset. If they end up having a bad season, it's not like they have their lottery pick. Most of them are unprotected at this point, um, which it just seems crazy. And then his last one is loser Brooklyn Nets. Um, I think this is obvious. If they lose Kevin Durant and Kyrie, you're not going to replace them with Kevin Durant and Kyrie talents. Two of the most talented players, despite what you think of them at any point with this. Um, it just, it's, I don't know. You, you can't explain Kyrie. You can't explain Kevin Durant at this point. They're two of the most unknown players in the world because you never know what's going to happen. As soon as you think, oh, this is a championship-winning team, they lose 11 in a row. James Harden quits on them, and Kyrie Irving's barely even playing because he doesn't have his vaccine. Kevin Durant battled injury issues. He had his knee issue. Um, obviously, the Achilles kept him out in the first year. We've never seen this Nets team actually figure it out. Um, this, I, in my opinion, I've had conversations about this. This is the end of the super team era where you create a team with free agents coming in and controlling your franchise. They've controlled, they wanted Steve Nash. That was Kevin Durant. That was his guy. They met in Golden State when Steve Nash was just an assistant, just helping out. And Kevin Durant wanted him to be the coach. They had Kenny Atkinson, who's one of the best coaches right now, and is just sitting on the assistant bench for the Golden State Warriors right now. So why are you getting rid of one of the better coaches who's been known as one of the best coaches in the league to bring in a first-time head coach? Made no sense at all. But Kevin Durant deserves that point. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving both wanted James Harden to come in, turn into a disaster, ends up in Ben Simmons, which at least you got something out of Harden. He was not playing for you guys, or for the Nets, I should say. And at this point, at least he got Ben Simmons and a pick, and Seth Curry was a good pickup. I like Seth Curry. He's a really turned into a really good player, despite living in the shadow of his brother. So there's, there's something weird going on there. I, no one knows what's going to happen. I'm sure as soon as I get on a ship and will not have access to do a podcast, I will immediately get news about Kevin Durant being traded somewhere, and then we'll be 10 days late on the getting a podcast up for that. Um, as soon as that news breaks, though, I will have some thoughts on it. Um, maybe I'll do an emergency pod real quick inside and just post it on Twitter. I'm not quite sure. But this is what was supposed to be a mild offseason with maybe Donovan Mitchell getting traded, maybe Rudy Gobert, which did happen, getting traded. There wasn't a whole lot out there. There was, you know, what does the Blazers do? I think they've been good. They got, you know, some good contracts. Anthony Simons for a hundred and something million. 
a little too much for my taste, but it is what it is. Nurkic for 70 million, I think that's really good. At four years, you're just at 16, 17 million a year. Not bad at all. So that was the big news. You know, what happens with Dane? There's a little bit of drama there. You know, he doesn't want to sign his extension. He had that Instagram post saying, I'm not quite sure loyalty only lasts so long. The main story now is Kevin Durant, Kyrie. What happens with the Lakers? Um, the Lakers, in my opinion, are a loser. This, their signings have been awful. JTA, um, they also got Louis Walker, I believe it was. Just disgusting how bad that franchise is right now. I don't know what they're trying to do. So that is my take on this NBA offseason right now. I, I'm just waiting. It's a waiting game at this point, and that's all I, we can do. So, all right, guys, that does it for this edition of the GMT show. This is the end of episode three. Uh, like I mentioned, I will not be doing a podcast for the next 10 days or so. Um, I will be on a boat. So, um, but this is the dead period. There's not a whole lot going on, at least until Kevin Durant signs. So, I appreciate you guys supporting. Make sure you guys go to westcoastpreps.com as this is a West Coast Press podcast on the West Coast Press Podcast Network. So I appreciate you guys going. Go to westcoastpress.com, subscribe. Super cheap, just a dollar a week. It's super easy to subscribe. Read up on all the stories about the greatest and all of the um, future stars of this book. So I appreciate you guys. The GMT Show Part 3, Episode 3 is over and I will talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Peace.